What's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Richards, and welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. Coming at you live again on Facebook and Instagram and Periscope. Got you covered on all the bases. Hey, hey, baseball reference already. This early, all right. (laughs) But as always, I'll try to keep my eye on all my monitors to make sure I'm responding to comments as they come in. If you have a question or if you have any, any comments, feel free to drop it, and I will respond to you as I'm going. I think that makes the podcast a lot more interesting, so just know that as we get going here. Um, man, I got a lot to talk about today. I like Just to get going, this weekend I participated in a city bowling tournament. Yeah, a city bowling tournament. I do that. What of it? You got a problem with that? I hear that I, there's actually a lot of haters on people who bowl in bowling leagues. It's kind of like the old man's sport. And, you know, I just turned 27. I don't think I'm that old. But, hey, bowling is fun. So I, I can't help but do it when there's not really anything else to do, you know. Why not be in a bowling league, hang out with your friends, and try to go for that 300, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I bowled in the city tournament on Sunday. It happens once a year. So and there's a there's a lot of potential for big payouts. There's a company here in in my hometown. Uh, what's up, Periscope? Got some people joining in. That's really cool. Hasn't been that active lately, so it's good to see people in here. Um, but here in Idaho Falls, Idaho, we have a city tournament every year. Um, it, it goes for like three, two or three weeks on end. It just kind of every weekend they have time scheduled. People get a pick uh, where that when they want to bowl, and then they just kind of compile the scores at the end. Whoever has the best can win some some cash. Uh, there's a company here in town, I believe it was, it was like a muffler shop, that uh, put in like $1,000 of added money plus whatever the bowling uh, association added. So you're actually bowling for cash. And, it, you know, it's it's not like it's gambling where you're just kind of randomly betting on red or black. Like your your skill as a bowler gets to determine whether you win money or not. And I find that really exciting. There's not It's not very often at any age that you get to do that kind of thing. So I'm like, Hey, let's go for it. So to talk a little bit about it, I think that, you know, since I participate in city city things, I I think there's a lot of other people out there that participate in city sports or community sports. So I'm going to start another category and this, I have a lot of talk going about the blog. I haven't done much with the blog. I've been podcasting more, but um, I think if I'm going to be participating in community sports, I should be documenting so throughout the day while I was bowling uh, at the tournament, I was recording snaps from my Snapchat and anybody who was following the Snapchat could uh, find out what was happening as it was happening. So that was pretty cool. Um, put together a pretty cool story. Um, it didn't go ex- exactly how I wanted it to, but it's still a start. Um, Jason here on Facebook says that he he loves to bowl too. Um, I feel like bowling is really fun. I don't know people just hate on it. You know what I mean? It, it's annoying. <laughs> um, so basically the way I plan to do my bowling, I mean, the league, the, the league that I participate in is almost over, but I'm next year when I get back going again, I'm going to document a lot more of the bowling stuff that happens and put it up on the blog. Um, there's, I, I can guarantee there's probably like, there's not very many bowling bloggers out there. I'm just going to say that. I mean, first of all, there's not a whole lot of bowlers. It's kind of a dying sport. It's really old school. But I very well doubt there's 
any, like hardly any bowling bloggers. So if I put up content on the internet about that, I have a feeling we could have some success there. Um, so just to kind of explain how bowling works a little bit, you, you basically, when you're doing competitive bowling, you have to establish an average. It takes, um, I believe 12 or 15 games to establish an average for competitive play. So, um, my average at this point in the league that I'm bowling in is 164 and my book average is 160. It's, it's kind of like adjusted. I'm not entirely sure how they adjust it to a book average, but that's where I fall in the book 160. So what that means is going into this league, if I bowl or going into this tournament that I bowled on Sunday, if I bowl higher than a 160, I'm doing really well. Um, because it's a handicap tournament, which, which means the handicap is based off a score of 200. So if my average is 160 going into this tournament, I get at least around 40 pins added to my score every game. So you could imagine if I bowl like a 180 or a 200, that extra 40 pins is going to put me up to a 240, 220. You know what I mean? So it can do a lot if you're doing really well. And people who average like 200 pins a game, uh, they, they actually don't have a handicap because they're at that, that threshold. So they're considered scratch bowlers. They're only their scratch matters. Um, there's no handicap added. Um, but on that note, I think it's important to note that my highest score ever in bowling was a 223 or a 232, something like that. So it's not like absurd. You know, when I tell that to my, my normal friends who are not bowlers, they're like, dang, that's like 130 more pins than I can ever bowl in my life. And I'm like, well, when you bowl in a league for like six or seven months, you kind of get good. <laughs> you can't help but get good because you're throwing so many bowling balls down the lane that it's ridiculous. If you're not, hey, what's up, your boy Clay on Instagram. Glad to see you in here, buddy. Oh, I'm going to knock these cameras over right now. It's going to be embarrassing. Oh, we're safe. Um, but yeah, so my highest game is like a 223. I'll, I'll go with the lower one, 223. Um, it's all about that chase for the 300 game. You know, I've I've only come so close, but there have been times where I start up a game and and I I go out, go like five strikes in a row and I'm like, man, this could be the day. But then my nerves get the best of me and I throw like a gutter ball, the next ball. <laughs> and you could say that I, you know, my focus and and everything is not there, but man, I'm still trying. It's just, it's not very often I do that well. So when I do, I get nervous and really screwed up. So, <laughs> um, but the cool thing about bowling though, is I get to bowl with a lot of friends and family. Uh, my brother's in my league. He was actually my doubles teammate. I'll be getting into that in a little bit. Um, but I got to bowl, get to bowl with a lot of my friends and it's valuable time spent with them because it's fun. Um, it's good entertainment value and it's good content for the blog once I can get that rolling. So um, to get into how the tournament went, I think overall it went fairly well. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure if we're going to end up in the money. Um, but to start off, we'll talk about the singles. So singles is basically like you bowl three games and your scores are just for you. Um, and, you know, like I was saying, going off of your average, you want to try and bowl over your average as much as possible to try and get your score up there. Um, so a person who has like a 120 average bowls, a 200 game could have like a, that, that equates to about a 280 pin game, which is insane. Um, and there's, there, there are people out there called sandbaggers. Uh, they, they call them sandbaggers because they basically 
they're padding their score by trying to bowl terribly during this during the city league that they're they're uh, participating in, and then when they get to a city tournament like this, they bowl way over their average because they're actually better than that. So I guess you could call them like a a, a shark or a hustler. They're hustling people out of their money because they they look. They don't look that good on paper, but then they show up in person. They're like, "Yeah, I actually bowl 200 games," and and that that really kills the competition. I just spilled water on me. Oh man, good thing the people listening to the podcast can't see that. After the fact, anyways, you people live can see it. <laughs> Your boy Clay on Instagram says, "Sandbagging wins ships." LOL in caps. <laughs> it does. Unfortunately, I I should maybe start sandbagging more often. Um, so my single scores, it it started off really well. Like my first game, I had a seven spare three strikes in a row. So I got myself a little Turkey and then a six spare and then a, and then two more strikes in a row. So at that point I was feeling really good first game of the day. And I ended up with a two Oh two. I, I also had a clean game, which means I didn't open any frames. It means that I had either a spare or a strike in every frame of the game. I've only done that three times ever in my life. So when I do that in the tournament, things are looking good. That means I could win some cash. So ended up with two, a 202. So with my average, that puts me right around, <clears throat> excuse me, puts me right around 242. So that first game was awesome. Um, but like I said, when I start off that good, I start getting so excited and like I try to calm myself down by breathing and, you know, trying all these different techniques and it's really hard. So, um, I ended up not doing that great the next couple games. I bowled a 134 the second game and then a 157. My average being at 160, having the 202 game kind of padded those other two games. But overall, I was pretty happy with with the results. Bowling a 200 game is always good for me. So so there's that. Um, And then we move on to doubles where you pair up with a teammate, bowl three more games, and you're, you're you're going for a team score that's you know, it's basically you have two people on a team. You're trying to beat everybody else who have two person teams. It's pretty straightforward. And my brother, Michael, he was the one who was my teammate and he is a damn good bowler. I, I'm not even lying. This kid, he, he is so consistent. It's ridiculous. Whenever he throws the ball, it's going down the same trajectory and, and it it like hits the pocket every time. And it's like, geez, every ball he throws is going to be a strike. He just happens to leave some, some, some pins up there for whatever reason. But his high game is a 278, I believe. So that kind of tells you um, how good he is. He's been bowling for a few years more than me, but um, still, he's good. So our double scores ended up being, uh, I bowled a 168, he bowled a 157. And by the way, his book average is a 171. So a 157 was 14 pins under. Didn't help us out too much, but I bowled like eight pins over mine. So it almost evened out. So that's the cool thing about uh, team bowling is when you have more than one person, you can have somebody carry the rest of the team if they're not doing that great. Um, and then I bowled a 167 the second game, so still being pretty consistent. Then he bowled a 174, getting just over his average. Uh, and then I bowled a 158, so just barely under my average. And then he bowled a 193, so he consistently got better, and I stuck right around the 160s. So pretty consistent for me. And then of course for him, he always, his scores keep climbing the more he bowls. Um, but then we got to move on to teams. We took a little break, had some cheeseburgers, uh, and we, we got moving with teams and the way teams work is you have five people. Um, and the same thing as doubles, you're trying to just have the highest score out of everybody in the entire tournament. Um, and 
we started off really well. We were bowling next to a group of guys who were their their guy the guy who had the lowest average on their team, his average is 184. And it's like I there's probably like one person in our my league that I bowl in on on the regular that has a 180 average and everybody on this team was 184 all the way up to like 210, 220. So these guys were serious. But we come in there our first game we bowled the 872 scratch, which means like before handicap, that was all that those were the number of pins that we all knocked down. And we ended up beating those guys scratch. That means that we beat them by like 200 pins with our handicap, something like that. Um, the way it was set up, we every game we got 200 pins added on top of these guys because they didn't have any handicaps. They were all scratch bowlers because they had 200 over averages. And so every game we bowled against them, we would have 200 pins added to our score at the end with the handicap. Pretty crazy. So we, I'm pretty sure we beat them in every game. Um, but then you have to think about all the other teams that participated. It's not just like we're bowling against this team that we're on, like on the lane next to us. We're bowling virtually against every team that over those, the course of the three weeks. And so I think the total pins that we got was around 3,400 something on the three games. And then, and that's with our handicap. And we know that the person who was at the top of the leaderboard had 3,600. So if depending on how many prizes they give out from first through fifth or third or whatever, we might be up there, but there are definitely teams out there who with, with players on them that don't have as high of averages. And then they bowl really well during the city tournament and they win all the cash. I mean, that, that's just kind of how it works. It makes it fair for everybody. So, I mean, that's kind of the point of handicaps. But anyways, we bowled 872 the first game as a team. I bowled a 186, and I started out really well there too, so I was super excited. But then I really fell off in the second half of that game. Our second game, we bowled a 715 scratch. I bowled a 169, so still barely over my average. And then we bowled a 780 our third game. I bowled a 155. So I feel like I did my part all the way throughout the tournament. I was either just under average or I was significantly over. So I can't really complain about my play. Um, we'll see what happens on whether we win some cash. I think we have to wait a couple weeks. Uh, it's only been a few days now. So uh, maybe on one of the podcasts down the road, I can let you guys know what happened there. But yeah, bowling, bowling. The new sport on the blog is bowling. <laughs> if anybody wants to contribute to a certain sport that's not on the blog yet, man, just let me know. We can get a category started for you and you can just send me an article. We get you, get you a contributor page and everything. Um, but yeah, bowling is going to be a new thing. So if you like to bowl, you like to document what you do, that's for you. So speaking about the blog, I have a lot of content that's supposed to be coming up. I still have to edit the video, uh, from the live Twitch stream that we did for uh, comparing video games to sports. That's four hours of video. I still have to edit it. Um, but I think, you know, social media, including the podcast, it's a great way for me to cover stories that I can't cover in an article. It's really hard for me as a one man team to be able to write a whole bunch of articles about all these different sports, all these awesome storylines. And so by using Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and especially this podcast, it helps me to fill in the gaps where I can't with the articles. And so I need to be writing some articles to supplement this podcast. And so that's kind of the plan going forward. Um, but I also hope to eventually transcribe the podcast into blog form. So, 
you know, that way there's more content on the site for people to catch it. If they'd rather read it than listen to it, they have that option. Um, I basically just want to make my content as accessible as possible by putting it on all of the preferred outlets. It seems like Instagram and Facebook are really popular, especially with the live stream. Um, and the, the podcast especially is a hot spot for me. It's, it's generated a lot of, uh, a lot of traction with people, especially from my personal Facebook. Appreciate you guys. Um, and so that's why I've been focusing on the podcast a lot more. Um, who knows? It could become the main thing that I do with the blog, but, um, what's up, Brad? Nice to see you on Facebook. Um, that's my dad. Actually, I call him Brad because that's what it said on Facebook. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan with the blog going forward. A lot of ideas. What's up, Dallas? That's the best man. Glad to see you here, buddy. Um, so far, if you're just coming in, you're missing, uh, you're, you just missed me talking about bowling. So if you're not a fan of bowling, you're all right. Um, and then I talked about the blog, what I want to do there. You can go back and listen to this later. I don't know why I'm even recapping. Uh, so let's talk about some sports. Huh? You guys ready for some sports? I like sports. Let's do it. All right. So to start off, we're going to do basketball because that is my favorite sport of all time. We're going to start with the NBA because, you know, with March Madness going on, there is some college in there too. <laughs> Brad on Facebook says, no, not bowling. And then Dallas immediately after, yay, he's excited to be here. <laughs> Your boy Clay on Instagram saying, please, sports. I like sports. <laughs> oh, man, this is getting pretty fun. Um, so the story I want to start off with in the NBA is what happened last night. And actually, my dad called me giddy as hell about it. And he he wakes me up from a nap and he's like, did you just see that play? And I'm like, what play? You know, groggy, not really alive. And he's he starts to tell me this play. And of course, I found it on social media minutes later. Um, basically, the Warriors and Thunder played last night and it got a little bit testy, a little bit heated if you will. So here's the scenario. If you didn't catch the game, you may have saw the highlights, but I have to recap it because man, it was crazy. There's about five point something seconds to go in the half. And they're lining up for a, a tip off on the Thunder's side of the court. And Steph Curry's like trying to line up around the circle, but it looked like Taj Gibson almost, he, it looked like he was going to bump into Curry. So Curry kind of like shifted back and he bumped into Westbrook on accident and his teammate, I believe it was Robertson or Oladipo. I don't remember which one it was, but he kind of like shoved Curry a little bit. Like, what are you doing, man? And and then he he tried getting back into play still, but he bumped into him again. And so he pushed, Russell Westbrook pushed him. And Steph Curry turns around and just gives him a full double arm shove. Like, blah. And the look on his face was like, he was pissed. He's like, dude, I'm just trying to line up around the circle and you guys are not letting it happen. What is your problem? And so he, he throws Westbrook off of him. And of course, bench is clear and there's the whole hold me back mentality fight trying to happen. But the players are just like, hold me back. I'm going to get him. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was crazy because you don't really see Steph Curry get in a fight. Earlier in that game, he had his first dunk of the season, which is, I think, notable. I mean, he's a 6'3 guard. He can definitely dunk, but that's not his thing. He got it off of a fast break steal. But then he also got in his first fight of the season with that that little scuffle with Westbrook. And you know the beef that goes back behind all this is that Kevin Durant left the Thunder to go to the Warriors, and 
there's a lot of emotion in this game. So it, any at any point, if somebody gets pushed over the edge, you never know what could happen. And it makes a game really exciting to watch. Um, but anyways, there was a few technical fouls handed out. I believe there were four, so they offset. They didn't shoot any foul shots. So they, they line up for the, the tip-off that they meant to do the entire time. And the Warriors won the tip-off. And here's where it gets silly because all this scuffle that happened, it's kind of ridiculous, you know. Well, Clay Thompson gets the tip off, and he manages to get an, a deep overhead pass to Curry down the court. So he just launches it down the court. And, of course, Stephen Curry, being the man that he is, is waiting at the three-point line, catches the ball, doesn't even have to dribble, puts the ball up, buzzer goes off while the ball's midair, bang, money. And he just books it back into the locker room. <laughs> There's only a few times you get to see that in the NBA. The one time I remember is back in like the 2006 or seven playoffs. The Lakers were playing the Spurs and Derek Fisher hit a 0.4 second buzzer beater to win the game. And he just ran straight to the locker room because, you know, you're in a hostile environment. You don't want to get spit on. You don't want to get things thrown at you. So Steph Curry did just that. He ran straight to the locker room. And <laughs> such a cool thing to see because they were already up by like, I don't know, 15 or something like that. Then he hit the three. To, it was just like a slap in the face to the Warrior or to the Thunder. And, you know, I love both of these teams. The guys on their teams, I have a lot of respect for them. But they really make for a great game to watch, especially with the, the, the underlying stories between the two teams and the amount of talent that, that is on both of them as well. So, yeah, pretty crazy thing happened there. And... As we know, the playoffs are just around the corner and they are in the same conference. So, we might get to see them duke it out in the in the in the uh in the playoffs. So, right now the Warriors of course are at the top of the West with 56 wins, 14 losses on a four-win streak, and the Thunder are 40 and 30. They're sitting in the 6th seed. Uh they have the one-loss streak from last night, of course. So, if the cards fall right, if the Spurs, no, not not the Spurs, who would they play? They would play the Rockets, I believe. So if the Rockets don't take care of business there, further down the line, the Warriors could, I think they could end up playing the Thunder. I should look at the bracket, but that would be a fun storyline to see if they can make that happen. Um, I didn't want to click that. But since we're looking at the, the NBA playoff pictures, one thing that I'm really excited about being from Idaho, uh, especially southeastern Idaho, we're really close to the Utah Jazz, so I've been following them quite a bit. I mean, I'm a Lakers fan at heart. That's like where it's where it's at for me. But with the Jazz rider just just down in Salt Lake, I can't help but follow them a bit. They're in the fourth spot right now in the West. They would play the Clippers right now if the season ended as it was. Um, but the Clippers are just one game back from them. It looks like the Jazz are not going to get another spot up. They're about six games behind um, the Rockets. And it looks like there's only about 10 games left, guys. The, the season is coming down to the end. And I cannot tell you how stoked how stoked I am. If they, When the Jazz go to the playoffs, I've said this in the last couple podcasts, I want to try and catch a playoff game. Like I'm going to do everything I can to get a nosebleed seat because I know it's the cheapest. And check something off my bucket list, which is go to a playoff NBA game. You know, high intensity, you can't go wrong there. So that's what I've got for the – no, wait, I have one more story about the NBA. So the, apparently there is a mysterious person, they don't know who it is, 
but they are mailing potatoes to NBA players. <laughs> they're mailing potatoes to NBA players. And they're getting like national recognition for it because it's just so ridiculous. Um, one of the best ones I saw was Kevin Durant had a potato laying on his lap. <laughs> Brad, AKA dad on Facebook says it's you. I know it. <laughs> No, it's not. I really wish it was me. I, I should I should just make a fake story and say it is me. Carrie on Instagram says, What? Alice on Facebook also thinks it's me thinks it's me. I don't know if it's because my handle on PSN is Tater Deluxe or what, but they must think that I like potatoes and they're not wrong. But yeah, there is a guy sending NBA players potatoes and it's usually with just silly messages sometimes it'll have a picture of a player on the potato got to give it a google go google it you'll see some funny pictures there um but kevin durant got a potato from this person whoever it was and in sharpie written on the potato it said hey kd i hope this stupid potato helps with the healing process (laughs) something like that uh brad on facebook alice saw it first and busted you no, it's not me, guys. Let it go. Let it go. You're such bullies. <laughs> no, so it's just, it's hilarious. And Kevin Durant put a picture of it on Twitter. That's where I found it. And he was just like, thanks, whoever you are. <laughs> uh, some, the, the silly things that pl- people get known for, you know what I mean? Sending potatoes to NBA players. I feel like I should have thought of that, to be honest. Um. But yeah, so that's what I've got for the NBA. Um, can't wait for the playoffs. I know you guys can't either. But also, um, there's other basketball going on. NCAA, hence the title of this this episode. It is City Bowling Tourney and Busted Brackets because there are none left that are perfect. I can tell you that much. Um, but when we talked last time, March Madness was just about to get underway. I managed to submit three brackets before tip-off and... Oh, there's I'm getting basketball notifications here. With less than three minutes left, Bulls lead Raptors 109-107. So if you have cable, get on it. Um, but I, I managed to submit three brackets, and I went over the first one in, the, in my last podcast, so I kind of want to just talk about how that one ended up going. It was called the winning bracket, and it actually is my most winningest bracket. Um, let's see, my, my percentage is 85%. I'm ranked 2.8 million. <laughs> And I have 470 points and I'm pretty, it's my work, my work bracket and I'm winning my work bracket. So that's good news. Um, but just to make this segment quick, the, uh, the big upsets that happened were, um, where's, I need to go back to the next round here. There we go. Yeah. So Wisconsin beat Villanova eight seed Wisconsin beat Villanova. How's it going? Darren on Facebook. Glad for glad you popped in here. Um, so Wisconsin goes on to play Florida and that is in a few days, it looks like. Um, and then let's see what other, what, what other upsets were there? Baylor barely managed to squeak past USC with a score of 82 78. They play South Carolina on the 24th. Um, the other big upset was Duke. So South Carolina beat Duke. They got, they move on to play Baylor and that was not supposed to happen. That busted, Every last bracket out there. <laughs> what happened with your boy Clay on Instagram says, what happened with the Zags and goaltending? 
I didn't see that. I, I feel like I should look that up right now. Gonzaga goaltending? I didn't see that. Did you see that? NCAA admits to blown goaltending call during Northwestern versus Gonzaga. Okay. And the clear goaltend, however, was not called, and Northwestern coach Chris Collins went ballistic, gave him a technical, and Gonzaga hit both free throws in what was a critical four-point swing. Something with the player reaching his hand through the hoop. I Apparently that happened. That's what this article says. It says that happened, and the coach freaked out, and he got a technical. So the swing of points was just enough for Northwestern to lose. Because from this replay I'm looking at right now, Gonzaga was only up five points, and there was five minutes to go in the game. So that sucks. There have been a couple of strange calls. There was uh, one call that I think was a flagrant. It shouldn't have even been a foul. So, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the part of sports, I guess, is human error. But when it's something this big that's on the line, that could have been the biggest upset of the entire year. And it's it sucks, man. Uh, I wish, I wish, I don't know. I don't want them to have re, like. There's certain things you can replay, obviously, but I think that's just one of those unfortunate things because Gonzaga must might have got away with one there. Who knows? They could have lost that game if it wasn't for that. But thanks for the the story, bringing up the story there, your boy Clay on Instagram. Appreciate it, dude. Um, so yeah, the brackets. Duke got beat. That was pretty crazy. Uh, Kansas won by twenty. Yeah, that that was supposed to happen over Michigan State. Um, Michigan upset Louisville. That was another big one. Um. Yeah, Louisville is a number two seed. Got beat by four. Now Michigan goes on to play Oregon, and UNC going on to play Butler. I thought I already mentioned but oh Baylor. I said Baylor earlier because it was Baylor. Um, and then UCLA beat Cincinnati as expected. Going on to play Kentucky, number two. I have UCLA in the final four in this bracket. I there's something about about that ball kid. Brad on Facebook, thank God Gonzaga got the call. I have them. <laughs> I think a lot of people have them. I have them going on to win. Um, but yeah, UCLA is going to play Kentucky. I feel like UCLA is going to get the win there. That kid, ball, he, he's crazy. He's good. Um, and there's more about that here in a second. That LeVar Ball, his dad, Alice also has Gonzaga. Yeah, Zags are a good team. You know, one loss in the season. You can't can't go wrong with choosing them to win. So those, that's where we're at after the round of 32. And we're on to the Sweet 16. The game start up on the 23rd. Um, looking forward to it. So that was that bracket, but I have two more. I did one that was, I call, called it my fallback bracket. Um, it, basically, it was like I actually did try to make this bracket a winning bracket, but that one's doing worse than the one I had that, that I just went over with you guys. Um that bracket is actually, let's see. I have only two teams that are wrong going into the uh, the Sweet 16. So I'm not doing terribly there. But I did one really fun bracket. And if you know me, you know that I am a graphic designer. Um, and I had to do a bracket based on best logos. 
So what I did here is I went through every matchup in the entire tournament and I picked who I thought had the best logo between the two and they got to advance onto the next game where they played against my best logo of the other bracket, so on and so forth. And that bracket's doing terribly. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, the teams that have good, well-designed logos are not the teams that are winning teams. Um, but that bracket has a 4% winning percentage, uh, ranked 18 million. You know, it's pretty far down there, 260 points. Um, and I mean, there's a, a lot of logos. I mean, I feel like a lot of university logos are kind of ugly because they have a lot of Brad on Facebook is guessing Notre Dame as my winner. Eh, no, I think that's what you're guessing, but I'm going to say, no, that's, that's not what it is. Um, there's a lot of like university type in these college logos. I mean, that's why there is a thing called university type. It's kind of blocky, has beveled edges and sports logos tend to have a lot of strokes and outlines. And that's kind of like a, you know, you don't, you don't have to do that to get your shape to show up, you know, but they do it in sports cause it has to show up on multiple colors. So I tried to judge it based on good logo technique, but also my personal taste. Cause you know, I, I feel like that that's kind of how it had to go. The blue jackrabbits. <laughs> I did hear about them. I, I heard that I should have picked them in the beginning, but I didn't. So I'll just kind of tell you guys some of the picks I had. Cause I think the black, the jackrabbits is South Dakota state. I believe uh, their logo actually isn't too bad. It's just the, the colors are kind of bright and you can't really see it. And I don't know. I just didn't like it as much as I liked Gonzaga. Gonzaga has a classic bulldog. Um, and I went with the classic there um, over the more modern looking sleek uh, jackrabbit. But the teams that I like the most, man, I like North Kentucky. They're, they're the, the Norse, I believe. Is that who, who they are? I can't find it. Um, yeah, I liked I liked their logo because it's it's got like the swords crossing and then it has like a hard hat helmet. Kind of interesting. Um, let's see what else was there. Butler's logo is kind of nice. Got a symmetrical bulldog looking thing there. There's a lot of like typography logos. Like you know UNC has the NC for North Carolina, uh, M for Minnesota. So many of those, it's just crazy. But the, I'll just tell you guys the team that I had going on to the final four because this could take forever if I went through every one of these things. So let me get up here. My final four, I had UNC Wilmington and North Dakota facing off. Where is that at? It's not bringing up the team. Let me pull it up in a new tab over here. UNC Wilmington. Oh yeah, that's right. So UNC Wilmington Seahawks. Their logo is really cool. I tend to be a fan of like symmetry in a logo and structure. And I think that kind of goes back to my architectural background, but they have a symmetrical Seahawk as their logo. And it's got um, like a V shape with the bird right in the middle. Oh, that game I, I gave you guys a notification on. Bulls, Raptors going to overtime right now. 113 all. I really like their logo, though, because of the green and yellow. I, I just thought it had a really strong presence. But then I also had the Virginia Cavaliers. Two very similar logos, very simple. Both have a V-looking thing in them. Um, but Virginia Cavaliers have a nice, uh, what would you call that, like a, a serif 
V and they have the crossing swords. And, and I thought that that was really classy looking. So I had them uh, going on, but I ended up having UNC Wilmington, the Seahawks beating them. My other two teams, I had Creighton and North Kentucky. And I already mentioned North Kentucky with the, the Norse. Let me pull up their logo too, just so I can have something better or some more accurate things to talk about. Was it North Kentucky basketball? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Northern Kentucky Norse. Man, that's such a cool logo. It's got this Viking hat in the middle with swords crossed behind it, and then it says Norse on top of it. I thought it was really slick, so so there you have it. But then I had Creighton as the team that went on to win the Final Four and the whole shebang. Theirs is awesome. So Creighton, let me pull this up, Creighton Basketball. They are the Creighton Blue Jays. And I think what drew me to their logo the most was that it was just like rich blues and it just was really clean. It had some really subtle shadows to it, which was pretty nice, pretty nice, very nice. <laughs> uh, if I could talk, man, it's terrible that this whole thing is going on the internet. I can't even talk, but I, I just really liked their logo. It had the strongest presence out of every logo in the whole thing. Creighton Blue Jays, go check out their logo. Um, that's who I had winning this whole thing in the logo thing. They've already been kicked out, so. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I don't remember who they lost to, but I don't, I don't really care anymore. So since we're still on college basketball, we still have a few people in here. I'm glad you guys are sticking around. Um, so LeVar Ball, the, the father of the three Ball sons, uh, the one who's playing for UCLA right now, UCLA right now, um, he had another hot take recently. The media has been just coming after him, trying to get quotes for their, for their stories. And he's been more than obliged to do that for them. It's kind of ridiculous, to be honest. But his latest thing that he said was something along along the lines of the fact that his sons are set up better for success than LeBron's kids. And it's like, dude, you're messing with the king. The, you know, quote unquote, the king. And LeBron responded to it and he said, keep my kids' names out of your mouth. Keep my family out of your mouth. This is dad to dad. It's a problem now. It kind of rhymed. Honest, it really did rhyme. <laughs> but seriously, why? <laughs> Flop King, says Brad on Facebook. Oh, geez. Um, but why would he want to come out and say that? Like, just wait. His son's going to go into the NBA maybe next year. I think he is going to enter the draft if if he's as confident as his dad is about his ability He's going to go into the NBA where he hasn't even proved himself yet. And I can't wait for the day that he plays against LeBron and LeBron just destroys him. I don't think they play the same position, but LeBron would go out of his way to destroy this kid. Ooh, your boy Clay brought up another thing we could talk about real quick. If you guys want, uh, we could talk about the main event for Mayweather versus McGregor. Is that actually going to happen though? Last I saw, it wasn't going to happen. I don't know if McGregor signed or whatever. McGregor Mayweather date? What? Very close to inking a deal to fight Mayweather, according to Fox Sports. Floyd Mayweather says he'd prefer to fight Conor McGregor in Moscow, Russia. Conor McGregor targeting September for Floyd Mayweather. 
and your boy Clay says it's up to the UFC on what actually happens. But obviously, the, they'll they'll try to negotiate and get get a deal to the UFC for, um, for what's his name, Dana White, to decide what he wants to do. I think it's good for sports for them to do that kind of cross, uh, cross integration. Um, I'm not sure how it would go because I know McGregor's fi- uh, fighting style is very like straight to the guy and try to kill him. And Mayweather is the exact opposite of run away from whoever he's fighting until he gets tired and he ends up just either getting a knockout or winning it uh, by decision. Your boy Clay saying UFC has to release McGregor for the fight. Oh, I see. So he can't be an MMA fighter for that one alone, at least, he says. Okay, that's good to know. It seems like McGregor doesn't really care. It sounds like all he wants to do is fight Mayweather. If he can get that win, I'm pretty sure he'd just cash in on his millions and retire. Um, I mean, that's just me thinking. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's me making a quick judgment. I don't really know for sure, but um, I honestly want to see it happen. I I want to also want to see Conor McGregor beat Floyd Mayweather, just because I think Mayweather is pretty cocky, and I mean, obviously McGregor's really cocky too, but I just think it would be a great thing to watch. It'd be be something new, you know? So we'll see what happens there. We'll keep our eyes on it. But LeVar Ball, though, this guy needs to shut his mouth. He's putting so much pressure on his kids. I mean, maybe they don't think so, but when the one, when his son gets to the NBA in the next year, he's going to be feeling it. So on to MLB. Oh, man, this podcast is going to be probably my longest one, and I kind of knew it would be because it's three-page google doc i'm looking at here <laughs> but with, with the mlb the world baseball classic has been going on um pretty cool thing the world baseball classic so this this tournament it coexisted with olympic baseball until the sport was voted out of the olympics back in 2008 and i believe they counted that that year as one of the world classics um since 2009 they decided to uh, make the World Baseball Classic happen every four years, similar to the Olympics. Um, and uh, so this year's event that's actually going on right now is the fourth installment of the World Baseball Classic. And the next, so the next time you'll be able to watch it is going to be in 2021. Um, I personally think this is really cool for baseball. They they're doing this because it's like a global marketing plan for the for the sport. Obviously, it's baseball is really big in Japan and Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic, Netherlands. Um, there's, I think, I want to say there's like eight countries in this tournament. Let me go look at the the bracket here again. I thought I had it up already, but apparently not. Um, WorldBaseballClassic.com, dropping links in the pod. Look out. Uh, let's look at the bracket here. So I know that the U.S. plays Japan tomorrow, and that's the semifinal two. And the semifinal one is Netherlands against Puerto Rico. So let me see. There's four, eight, 12, 16 teams in this thing. So, you know, I think that's really good for baseball. That's, I mean, a lot of them probably, they may play in the MLB, but I know Japan's league is pretty big. And so it makes sense that they made it to the four final teams in this thing. Um U.S. and Japan play tomorrow, and then Netherlands, Puerto Rico play, 
It looks like tomorrow as well, unless that's actually going on right now. It is going on right now. Puerto, Puerto Rico won. Let's see here. Yeah, I think Puerto Rico won, four to three. So that means Puerto Rico goes on to the final, and then whoever wins between the U.S. and Japan tomorrow goes on to play Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has a stacked team, guys. They've got uh, Javi, Javi Baez. That guy is a beast, pulling no-look tags at second base. Dude's a monster. Um, but I really like this because it's kind of it gives the players the chance a chance to compete at the international level, which is pretty rare for baseball. Um, my phone is gonna die on me, and I hope it really doesn't because it's the one with Facebook on it. If it does, I'm probably gonna close down Periscope and open it up on there. So just know that your boy Clay says Baez is a savage. No, he's probably one of my favorite players. I like his his personality is fun to watch in the dugout. <laughs> uh, I think I saw a snippet from him last year in the in the uh, playoffs where he was he like spit out his gum on accident, but he caught it and threw it back in his mouth. He saw the camera was looking at him, so he's like, "Hey, you got that on film? All right." <laughs> no, he's he's a fun guy too. That's what I like about him. Um, but. It's a great precursor to the regular season too. Um, you know, it's one of those types of co- competition where every hit and catch and stolen base and rob that happens, it it has a lot more meaning to it because you're doing it to support your country. Um, you know, the Olympics are all about that, and so it's kind of another instance where people get to experience that euphoria of supporting their country. Um, and it is doing something great for baseball. People, I've heard people say that baseball is a dying sport, and I'm like, I don't think so. It's a big staple in American culture. There's no way it's going away anytime soon. It might be dying because there's other sports that are having higher ratings when their seasons are going, but heck, I don't I don't think it's going to die ever. It's it, That game goes way too deep into our country's roots for it to just disappear. So I wouldn't worry about it, guys. Not in any of our lifetimes. Watching this, anybody out there, Baseball is not going away anytime soon. Alice on Facebook says, no, and I agree. It will not be leaving. <laughs> and I don't have to be an expert on any sports to know that. Um, but a cool story that happened in the World Baseball Classic was um, Adam Jones robbed his Orioles teammate, Manny Machado, of a home run in a key moment of the game, carried him on to get the win. And the <laughs> Brad on Facebook, when would we eat hot dogs? Yeah, if baseball disappeared, we wouldn't be able to have a hot dog paired with a nice craft brew. I agree. That's part of the baseball experience is going to the park, having a beer and a hot dog. And if that disappeared, I don't know what I'd do with myself. Um, But I guess uh, Adam Jones robbed his teammate, and I bet you there's going to be some joking that happens in in the dugout throughout the year. I just thought that was a cool story. But another story that I've kind of touched on before is Tim, Tim Tebow, good guy, Tim. Uh, Apparently he made it onto a single a team in South Carolina. So his recent streak of hits and uh, over the shoulder grabs for the Mets um, affiliate has got him a spot on the single a team in South Carolina. So good for him. Good for good guy. Tebow kind of stoked to see what he does there. And now we're moving on to the NFL. So it's not the NFL season anymore, but because it's a big sport, and I know there's a lot of people that like to follow the sport out there, I'm going to touch on it. So first story I want to talk, I really don't have that much to talk about, to be honest, with the NFL. But one story is that the Raiders 
are heavily pursuing Marshawn Lynch for their lead running back position. Brad on Facebook says, damn, I, I was hoping the Dolphins would pick him up. But, but they have Jay Ajay. I don't think they're going to be picking up a new back for a while unless he gets hurt. Um, but as we all know, Marshawn Lynch is retired. He's He's been retired for a couple years now. And some of the NFL experts are saying that the Raiders are the only team that he would come back to play for. I mean, if you think about it, the guy's from Oakland. He's an Oakland boy. And he has the, the fam first foundation there in Oakland. It just makes sense. If he were to come back to play for a team, it would be for Oakland. And it sounds like they're, they're pursuing him really heavily. Um, a lot of people out there in the professional sports world think it, it could possibly happen. Um, and actually at the bowling league, I overheard it that I was, you know, the tournament that I was at this weekend, there's a guy who was there and we were talking about football and he's like, you know, as a Raiders fan of the last 30 years, we would rather have Adrian Peterson in the backfield than Marshawn. And see the way I, way I, I don't know. I mean, Marshawn and Adrian Peterson are both kind of old for a running back position. Adrian Peterson's 32, Marshawn's 31, but I mean, that, that's kind of a dangerous age because that's when you kind of get, you tend to get hurt. And Adrian Peterson was hurt. So, I mean, it's a kind of a, a wild card on who you'd take. But I honestly would take Marshawn Lynch because he can run in any offensive setup you give him. He has the patience to be, um, you know, a draw runner where he waits for the line to open a gap for him and he takes off. Um, your boy Clay, he's actually from the Bay Area, says he hopes he comes back. I'm like, I bet, I bet you do. I bet you do, man. That would be awesome. He, uh, your boy Clay, I believe he's a he's a Raiders fan because he's from Cali. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would love to see Marshawn come back. I think he could do some big thing for the big things for the Raiders. He has a lot of personality. He brings a lot of pizzazz to the team. He's kind of a quirky dude. Um, but that hometown support can bring a lot of camaraderie to the city of Oakland. I mean. They already have the Warriors. They have a dang good team in the Warriors. But having the Raiders be up there too with the 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 skill level they had last season going that into the playoffs, you know, they fell way shorter than they should have because Derek Carr getting injured. Very unfortunate. Um but if they had Marshawn Lynch, I think they could do even bigger things next season. I personally want to see it happen. Um in other lame news, Tom Brady received his jerseys or got his jerseys back after an FBI investigation. Video footage shows an international journalist or reporter taking his jerseys right in front of t- uh, Tom Brady. Um, and they actually found the one from last year, too. It was the same dude, I believe. Good for, good for Tom, you know. <laughs> Not only do I have all these rings, but I also have the two jerseys that I lost in the last two. Good for you, Tom. Um, give it up for charity, just saying. Uh <laughs> Just kidding. Tom's a good guy. I like Tom Brady because he's a good guy. Um, so we're getting here towards the end. Finally, this podcast has gone for 51 minutes. It's the longest one yet, or it is going to be. Uh, Von Miller's helmet was stolen. I didn't know that. Interesting. Well, Von Miller isn't nearly as important as Tom Brady. Don't you know? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but that's all we have for the sports coverage, but uh, I want to get into the question of the week. So every week I try to give a question to you guys and you can send me your, your answers in the email. 
Um, I still haven't received anything from you guys, which is really sad and unfortunate, but I'll get over it. Um, <laughs> calling you guys out right to your face. But last week I left you guys with a question to think about and potentially send it in. The question was, what is your favorite story going around the sports world and why? Man. And I, I have to answer this for you guys because if I'm asking it, I have to answer. So this one's kind of tough for me because, I mean, there's always a good story out there. There's always really fun, cool things happening in sports that I like. I'd rather cover because positivity wins all the time. Brad on Facebook, what was the dot? I'm confused. Apparently I have two minutes remaining on Instagram, so I'm going to have to make this quick. So your boy Clay, you might see me go away sooner than, than you wanted. Um, so the question was, what is your favorite story going around the sports world and why? For me, I'm focusing on two, three different stories. So I'm just going to talk to them all about you guys really quick. Tim Tebow, he's a good guy. He's worked his butt off to get to where he is in baseball. Stop picking on him. I want to see how well he does. I think that he has a lot to prove, but I'm rooting for the guy. Just know that. Um, the other story is the LeVar Ball guy. I want to see him eat his words so badly. People like that who put their, you know, talk about other people's families and how they're better than their families and blah, 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 building his family up onto this huge pedestal. I want to see people like that eat their words so bad. I think it makes for good storylines, don't get me wrong, but he has something coming to him. We'll see what happens there, though. Um, and the other one, other story that I'm mostly looking forward to, NBA playoffs. So many stories to happen there, but the Jazz, I want to see how far they can go, um, but I also want to see, I need to look into whether the Thunder and the Warriors are going to run into each other in the playoffs. I hope they do. That would be awesome. I have 30 seconds left on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I'm going to shed a tear. Your boy Clay, you're going to be gone soon. Um, so that's my answer. I know it's kind of a cop-out answer. I already talked about some of those stories tonight, but there's so many stories. and it, I'm, I'm curious what one is your favorite or which one. Just tell me a story that you're following in sports right now. Um, I'm interested to hear. Your boy Clay, the Instagram stream is going away. Apparently it's only an hour, an hour allotment. So goodbye. Instagram. Okay. So apparently it said that it passed my, my live stream ended due to a poor connection. Well, that's sad. I mean, I do have a lot of things running on the internet right now. That's all right. We still have Facebook. I'm sure he knows to come over here. Um, so my question of the week for you guys is this. Oh, Brad on Facebook says free agency in, in the NFL. I really like the, the those stories in, in sports right now. Or really every year when that comes around, it makes for some good stories because you never know what player going to what team is going to shake up the entire league. Um, you know, uh, Tony Romo going away from the Cowboys, Osweiler moving to make a spot for him there. A um, lot of crazy stories. Eddie Lacy going to the Seahawks, which we covered last week. So many cool stories. And it, it kind of... To me, that sort of mimics the the NBA trade deadline. It's a lot of a lot of talk, a lot of rumors, and then when the deadline comes up the day of, stories start going crazy. Um, 
And Brad on Facebook also says Kellen Moore re-signed. He did re-sign with the Cowboys. And that's that's kind of crazy news because being from Idaho, he's a Boise State um, Bronco. Um, you know, I'm an Idaho Vandal, so the Boise State Broncos have been a longtime rival or were a longtime rival of the Vandals, so I kind of despise the team. But because they are in Idaho, I I feel the need to support them. Um and when you know when they're successful, good for Idaho. I think that's great to put us on the map that way. When, it, when it's not that, we're Idaho's usually making the news for all the wrong reasons. So like poor education and whatnot, and and potatoes getting sent to NBA players. <laughs> hey, that's a right. That's a good reason though. I like that that news. Um. Yeah. So Kellen Moore resigned with the Cowboys. I think it'd be cool to see him get some playing time. I mean, Dak Prescott is probably going to take up all that time, but. You never know. Um, so my question for you this week is very vague. And I'm trying to keep all of these questions every week vague enough to the point where you can tell me almost like a personal story about sports, um, you know, personal to an extent, uh, personal on, on the level of how sports have impacted your life, for example. That was the first question I asked. Um, your favorite story in the league. And I think those all have like, some great quality to them those those kinds of stories and so the next one i want to ask you is what team is your favorite in all of sports and why so that means like you have to pick one team total pick one team and why are they your favorite team and there's some people that are watching the stream right now that i already know what they're going to say and i i know some stories behind it but i'm curious to hear what your story is on why they're your favorite team. So you should send it to me in the email so I can talk about it in the next podcast. Um, send it to Dallas on Facebook says me squiggly. Oh, he's, he's saying he's his favorite team. Wow. His name is Dallas. <laughs> it's spelled wrong though. It doesn't count, <laughs> but uh, send me your answers. The question again was, what team is your favorite in all of sports and why? Send your answers to hello at abstractsports.com and I will add them to my outline here and we'll talk about them next podcast, whenever that is. Um, but to answer the question, wait, I, I can't answer it yet. I have to answer it next week. Sorry. Cliffhanger. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to come back next week to hear my answer. <laughs> Um, so here's a little something like before I sign off, there's something I want to build a little bit of hype for. Uh, first of all, I'm hyped about all the interaction on the Facebook live feed. Um, and I I have an idea of how we can make it better next week. And I'll just tell you next week when you guys come in here, when we first start up the stream, I'm usually gonna, I'll just tell you now, since I'm already talking about it, when I pull up the live stream, I'm going to just kind of wait a few minutes so we can allow some people to get in here, have a little small talk and whatnot. And it'll give us a chance to like, if you guys are willing to, I'm not saying you have to, but I'll, I'd encourage you to share the live stream so that everybody in your feed can see it. Um, I think anybody would want to watch me make a fool of myself on the internet live. So next week I'm going to ask for you guys to do that. Um, I actually forgot to do it myself this time around, or we could have had a even bigger turnout. Darn it. Um, but another little something I want to build some hype about is that I have a good buddy 
who I went to college with. He, he lives a, a couple hours from me. Um, he's interested in getting involved with the podcast. Uh, so it's something I'm really looking forward to. He said he's willing to travel the couple hours to come here and do the podcast with me. Um, and if he were to do that, I think we would, we'd come up with some epic setup where the video would probably go on YouTube. Um, but we'd also live stream it to Facebook and maybe even YouTube. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun because he has a lot of, uh, strong opinions on sports, just like me and you do. Um, but he's a very vocal guy and I think it'd be really fun to get him involved with the podcast. So that's something to look forward to. If, if you're interested in getting involved, let me know. We can try to find a way to do it, whether it's going to be through a Skype call and getting the audio to come into the microphone somehow. Um, we can try to figure it out, but, um, I see, see this podcast going places. Um, I'm not sure how different it is from all these other sports podcasts. I think it's different in the sense that I'm not a sports expert and I can talk about real life things that relate to sports. Um, so yeah, looking forward to teaming up with my buddy whenever we can figure that out. Could be this summer, uh, maybe even this spring. So look out. Uh, but if you want to get involved with abstract sports, head over to the website, go to abstractsports.com. In the footer of the page of every page, there's a link to a page called Contributor FAQs. Check those out. If everything is good with you on that page, feel free to send us an article at submit an art on the submit an article page. Also in the footer of every page, man, I say page a lot in that part. I need to rewrite it. Um, but you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Pick your favorite, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Um, please drop a comment. Let us know what you think about the content. Um, you know, negative and positive feedback is good feedback. Um, it makes us better um, as we continue this thing. Um, also, be sure to like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash abstract sports and follow us on Twitter at handle abstract sports with a K because that handle is never going to be free. Um, <laughs> so abstract sports with a K on Twitter. But I want to say thanks again to everybody showing up on social media and showing the love and, and adding to the podcast. We officially have our longest podcast. Um, obviously, the idea is not to go as long as possible, but to generate good content. We're hour and two minutes, man. That's crazy. But I just want to say thanks again for getting involved in the chat. It really means a lot. Glad to have you guys here. And we'll see you next week. I'm Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time.